we're going to continue to go into this series that we've talked about called God's Garden. And this is week four. So we're going to get into this. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 9, and that's where we will start. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 9. Hallelujah. It says, for we are laborers together with God. Aren't you grateful that you're a laborer with God? That's amazing. You're never laboring alone. That's why the ministry, it's not hard. It's to be fresh. It's to be exciting. It's not to be something in your life. It's not whether you will yield all your fruit or not. It's, it's you labor with God. There are people that you will lead to Christ, but what you don't realize, it's really God's, you're his hands, you're his mouth, but when you speak his word, his presence is there, and that's what wakes up their conscience, and that's what it does. So don't worry if you don't know how to speak real eloquently. Don't, you know, everybody's so afraid, gosh, what if they ask me a question I don't know? Listen, they're spiritually dead. Don't worry about it, right? They don't, they don't know anything. Because they don't know God. And you know God. So if you want to be a witness, it's not about learning a script. It's about telling people what God has done and is doing in your life. Start there. The Holy Spirit will always give you what to say. It's good. We're laborers together with God. And then it says this. You are God's husbandry. And this Greek word, as we've said before, means you are God's tilled field. You are God's garden. You need to look at your life. You are a garden. The spirit that God placed in you is designed to grow things. And what God's word will do, God's word is the seed. God wants to plant his word in your heart. Now he can't do it unless you allow it. God's word is full of life and it's full of power but it literally cannot do anything unless you allow it. So, so this is what's interesting. We're God's garden. You, it says you are God's building. This word building literally means you're God's completed work. Well, you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm a work in progress. What this means is, see, you're, you're a work in progress, but you've already been completed. You're just not completely developed. You've received the complete work of salvation. You've already received it. It's already in you. It's who you are. And now, as you just simply allow the word to be planted in your heart, that word will grow everything that you are to do in this earth. It'll grow everything. God created our human spirit to grow things. What things? Everything that God has promised in his word. You'll never see something on the outside until you first see it on the inside. And you can't see it on the inside unless you literally allow the word through meditating in it. See, how you get the word in your heart, how it's planted is you have to speak it. So you have to say it over and over to yourself. But you're not going to do that unless you believe it. So really, you got to believe it, right? Oh, but wait, you can't even believe it unless you what? Hear it. So this is why we've been going through the parable of the sower, because this whole parable is about hearing the word. We're going to see in this parable that it's how, it's, it's not the seed the seed does not determine what is produced. The seed of the word of God is perfect. It's all powerful. Do you know there's just as much power when God stood and looked at the void of what the earth that became without, vo without form and void? He looked at it. He looked at darkness and said, light be. And, and those words that he spoke literally changed everything and to this day are still changing. It's still creating. The universe is expanding at the speed of light. That's how powerful his word is. Do you know when he said to the leper, 
when the leper goes, Lord, you can help me if you will. And Jesus said, I will be clean. Do you know that that is the same, that same power that went forth for that man, that same healing power, it's just as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. Do you know that? It's so powerful. But see, you won't know that unless you plant it in your heart. Even if you're born again, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. But if you choose not to believe the word, and how, how do you choose not to believe it? It's real simple. You choose to look at outward things. You just choose to look at other things. You choose to put other things above the word. The minute you do that, you can't hear the word. That's why it's foolishness to people who don't believe it. And, and you know, there are scriptures about that for people who don't know God. But I got to tell you, if you don't believe any part of his word, you're a fool. That's what the, by, by the Bible definition. Because his word is truth. So we realize if we're God's garden and, and literally the seed is perfect. We see that in the parable of the sower. But what the seed of the word of God produces, it, everything is dependent upon the soil that it's planted in. And guess what? You determine what soil you are. So everything is dependent on that. How many of you really want to be in the ministry and help other Christians grow? Do you, do you, do you have friends that, that you just really want that? Do you know how to, do you know the number one thing that you can do is you put the word in your heart and allow it to manifest and grow things in your life so that other people can see it. Because all of a sudden, that's going to go, wow. You know, during the healing revival, it was amazing what would happen if you ever read about it. So, so people would start getting healed in services, and that would create such an environment where other people, it would help them lay hold of some things. That's why you need to be healed. That's why you need to walk in the provision of God. And here's the cool thing. You don't have to arrive there before you start being light. It's all about, you put the word in your heart, the word will start growing and producing, and your father will leave a fragrance. People, your very countenance will change people. Because you'll live fearless. You'll live content. We don't want to play church, and that's why we teach the word, and we're going to only get stronger with this. In 1 Thessalonians, another scripture, foundational scripture of this series, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, we're talking about hearing the word. Here's a perfect example of what it means to hear the word of God. Paul said this, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to these Christians, he said, For this cause also, thank we God without ceasing, because when you, when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not like the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which what? Effectually, or effectively would be our word, works in those that believe. So we see the seed of the word of God that we plant in our heart will effectively work only in those that believe. Well, how do you have ears to hear? One of the first things that will tell you whether or not you have ears to hear is are you receiving this word from a word from Tony, a word of man, something that he believes, or are you receiving this word as it is in truth the word of God? See, I'm, I'm standing here and my mouth is speaking, but we are believing God that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. And that we have come here not to hear from me, but to hear from God. That's why we preach the word. You know, I don't even want my opinion. Why should anybody else want it? I want to know what God's word says, right? Because that you can bet everything on. 
how you, and we said this last week, how you esteem the word of God determines how it works in you and for you. It's how you esteem. You got a hunger and thirst to be filled. You've got to open the door, right? Or you've got to knock for the door to be opened, I should say that correctly. It's, it's, it's I'm passionately pursuing the presence of God. That's how I worship God. That's in prayer. I pray everything stirred by the Spirit of God. As I come before the Word, I come before the Word of God. Right? And, I, and as I'm reading the words, it's never not fresh because I know it's the Word. It's not the Word of a man. It's the Word of God, and it'll effectively work in me because I believe it. Right? So go over to Mark chapter 4. Let's look real briefly. I kind of want to skim this parable of the sower again. Just we're going to hit some highlights. I want to encourage you, if you haven't been here the last three weeks, get in, or actually even if you've been here the last three weeks, these, everything, every message that I ever preach will get better. I mean, if you want to really like your pastor and the way he preaches, listen to these messages over and over and over. You'll get more and more out of them. You'll just be like, wow, our pastor really brought it that night. Right? Well, really, but you'll realize when you say that, no, it really the Holy Spirit brought it. Or actually, he's always bringing it. I was really hungry for it, so I'm starting to see it. Right? Mark chapter 4, let's just look at verse 9. It said, And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. So again, this whole parable is about hearing the word of God. Now remember, we got to hear the word of God. The word here literally means I reverence, I honor, and I respect God's word above everything else in my life. So therefore, I give it my full and undivided attention. I don't, I'm not here to argue with it. I'm not here, I'm not here to say, well, you know, I believe that. I don't really believe this. No, 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 no. If I don't understand something, I'm running to him going, hey, I want to know. Right? But I, I esteem it. That's how I hear the word of God. He who has ears to hear. And, and even though God owns you as his child, he owns everything about you. Your spirit, your body, your soul, it's all his. And we're to glorify him in that. But you have to choose because he'll never violate your will. And, and, and we want to choose him. And here's how you choose him. Just start feeding on him. This is not words on a page. This is Jesus. These are words that God breathed. There's 800,000 of them in this book. And I believe in eternity we're going to find out that every, everything, all the secrets of all the universe is right here, right before us. It's going to be amazing. You should know the words so well. That when you see him, you'll just, of course, that's Jesus, right? And here's the funny thing. The more you grow, the more you meditate on the word of God. The more, the more you grow in this, the more you realize, you know, like I'm teaching on God's garden tonight. I'm thoroughly convinced I probably haven't even come close to reaching 1% revelation on any of these verses. And that excites me greatly. I mean, talk to me 500,000 years from now. And I will be talking about the scripture going, remember, gosh, remember when I preached that? People will all be sitting there going, wow, yeah, that was pretty shallow. But you know, hey, pastor, it, it was enough to get me over in life, right? No, you know, the Holy Spirit, everything in him is deep. It's so deep. And it just keeps going deeper. Do you know one word from him will change your whole life? You believe that he himself bore your sickness and carried your pain. And sickness and disease will never be able to stay in your body. If you believe that he's met all of your needs according to his riches and glory. I mean, God spoke that. And it all comes to us by Christ Jesus. If you believe that because the Lord is your shepherd, you will never lack, diminish, or decrease. What does that mean? 
We are to live. When, when God said, my will for your life is to live days of heaven on the earth. Why? So that the world could see Jesus. When we believe that, simply believing that, well, how do we believe it? We allow the word. We, we choose to be good ground, and then we just allow the word, the word of God to do its thing. The parable deals, this whole parable is dealing with the condition of man's heart when they receive the word of God. So the parable would say, the parable says to us tonight, what kind of ground are you tonight? So if you want to be good ground, you should be walking around all day, every day. Father, I thank you that I'm good ground. I have ears to hear. Your unrenewed part of your mind will go, what are you talking about? You walk around with pain in your body going, Father, I'm so thankful that I'm healed. People come up to you and go, man, you've been believing God for a while. Nothing's happening. And you just smile at them and go, you know what? I believe I'm healed. Why? Well, I've, I've seen the report. I, I've seen it. See, a lot of people have listened to the report, but they haven't seen it. But when you see it, it changes everything. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to believe God's word, right? So let's jump down to verse 14. The sower sows the word. We see from Luke's account in chapter 8, verse 11, don't turn there, but he actually says, that now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. So we know the seed that it's talking about is God's word. God's word is likened to a seed. Where is the seed sown? Into the hearts of people. Your heart is like a garden. That's why all things are possible to you who believe. Well, how can you believe if you don't hear? So this is why we guard our heart. We make sure who we're hearing and what we're hearing and how we're hearing. When you hear the word of God tonight, don't put the boundaries of what you think your life is in. Don't buy, well, you know what, listen, I've been given this doctor's report and they say there's nothing I can do. That, for a person who doesn't know God and doesn't have his word, that is the final authority because that's all they will ever see. But not us. Because, so, so, be careful how you hear. Hear everything under this context. With God, everything is possible. All things are possible. Right? Matthew 19, 26, it's, it literally says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Right? Well, all things are possible to him who believes. So the sower is going to sow the same seed. He's going to sow the incorruptible word of God. Do you know it produced a harvest? And every one of you here, sitting here, who at one point in your life, if you've ever literally given Jesus your life, it's, it's a one-time decision that's walked out every minute of your life, but if you've ever done that, that incorruptible word went into you and made you brand new on the inside. Well, here it is. He sowed the same seed, God is no respecter of persons. He knows if a person is never going to believe it, but he will still sow his precious word into their heart. He's just, he's just there. He sowed his word. It's right here. He sowed all of it. And he says, I will back all of it up, and I won't lie to you, and I can't lie, and I'm God, all things are possible. Do you know that right now, I mean, look at the chairs you're sitting on. Do you know it's a miracle that it's, it, you can sit on it? It's a miracle that this piece of wood is still solid, right? How, how is it held together? The Bible says everything is held together by his word. By the word of his power. Isn't that amazing? Everything. So this is why all creation literally speaks. You look up at the moon and go, wow, God's holding that together. I mean everything. I think he could help you pay your house off in 2019. Right? 
or, or, or get you a house paid off in 2019 or pay off your debt or, or I bet, I bet he can get through to your kids that might not be serving God. I wonder if he could change your body. I mean, that cartilage, that, you know, those organs, those bones, he's holding them all together right now. I wonder if we believe that by his stripes we're healed, if he could maybe do some work and, and fix an organ. Yes, but we got to hear the word. See, it's not dependent. This whole thing is not dependent upon what God can do. It's all dependent upon what you will believe because he's already laid himself out there. Isn't that good news? People beg God, oh God, please, if you come through for me this time, I'll serve you all the days of my life. We don't have to say that. He already came through for us. All we have to say is I believe it and I receive it. So now the seed produces different results based on the soil. The results are not dependent upon the seed. The results are dependent upon the soil. The same word of God that created the whole world could be made of none effect by our traditions. Wow. Right? Our traditions. The serenity prayer. Sounds so nice. But it will take you in defeat. What is it? Something like, God, give me the courage to accept the things that I cannot change, to change the things I can, and something to know the... Whatever. No, 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 no. That's not Bible. The Bible says all things are possible to him who believe. All of the promises of God are in Christ, yes, and in Christ so be it unto me. Hallelujah. I love it. I believe it. Verse 15, And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So this first type of ground is wayside ground. When, they hear, when they've heard the word of God, Satan comes immediately and he takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. How does he take it away? It's, you have to look at the Greek wording. Literally, the, word, the phrase take away literally means make to doubt. So wayside ground is real simple. They hear the word of God and immediately they doubt it. Well, okay, God might do it for some people, but he would never do it for me. Or a lot of people, I just don't believe that. Right? Be careful with that statement when somebody's quoting scripture. Because what you believe is what you're going to say and how you're going to act, and it's going to determine your life. So this is, this is the thing about wayside ground. If you keep listening if you keep feeding on the word and watering it, Satan will never be able to make you doubt the word. He'll never be able to take it away from you. You have to choose, I just don't believe that's true. Right? We've had people come to our church and get mad because I talk about money. Because they just don't believe in that prosperity stuff. Okay. Don't get mad at me. You will never, you'll never have to deal with it. Because you'll never walk in prosperity if you don't believe it. Well, I just don't believe that healing stuff. You're just giving people false hope. No, 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 no. I'm giving people hope. Right? Mr. Greek teacher in Bible school, what does that word hope mean for a Christian? It doesn't mean it may work, it may not. No, it means a confident, joyous expectation. You're giving people no hope. Right? Sounds a lot like Satan. Ouch, right? <laughs> Whatever. It's time for us to stand up, walk in love, but be ready to speak. What, what does a mature believer do? They speak the word of God in the love of God, right? Trust me, you're going to get in situations where you're going to have to expose yourself. You're going to have to take your faith public. And it's fun. It's so much fun when you're, you're there and all of a sudden you're just like, you know, guys, what you're saying, I just don't believe. I'm going to stick with the word of God, right? I love it when, when you have to talk about, no, you know what, I'm one of those guys. I've been in there. I've been there. 
yeah, you know, I know you guys are talking about tongues and you're kind of laughing about it, but you know what? I'm one of those guys. I just believe it, right? I remember one time I was at Carl's Jr. in Fairfield. Uh, the, I, was, I was helping a guy get a church off the ground and, and I went to this pastor's meeting. Wow. We met at Carl's Jr. And, and uh, so this, you know, some of the pastors of the bigger churches in town were just kind of dissing on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord just spoke to me and said, start praying in tongues right now. <laughs> and my flesh is going, are you kidding me? <laughs> Praise God. Don't be afraid to jump out there. Because here's the thing. You know, the looks I got, at first I started, I did it. You know, I got my eyes closed. And the Lord's like, open your eyes. <laughs> the looks on their faces. One pastor goes, well, I guess you believe in that stuff, don't you? I said, yeah, yeah. But who knows, maybe five years down the road after they made fun of me for five years, maybe, maybe they'll see it. Because remember, you're not here for you, are you? I remember one time I was witnessing. Why do I tell these stories? I was witnessing in Balboa Peninsula. Peninsula. I don't, I don't remember now if it was, I think it was our college and career group. We'd always go street witnessing. We, I built youth ministry and everything going street witnessing. Street witnessing, man, no matter how many times you do it, your flesh hates it. You know, until you start doing it, then you get all excited. And I remember, man, there was this group of bikers right at the, right at the beginning of the Balboa Pier. And I walked up to them. You know, and I started telling him about Jesus and this one big, mean-looking guy, you know, uh, just spit in my face. And, uh, you know, and I just, I just said to him, I said, hey, I go, you know, if I've upset you, that was not my intention. But just know Jesus loves you. He spit in my face again. And I said, well, you guys have a great evening. And I walked away. But, you know, an hour and a half later, I led one of those guys to the Lord. When they all left, one came back and was looking all over Balboa for me. And he said, hey, you know, this I mean, it just makes me weep. He goes, you know, I've been part of this group, but tell me about, because I need Jesus in my life. I'll, I got to tell you, I would have went back to that big guy and said, spit in my face ten more times, I don't care. <laughs> right? Because the one guy got free. So that's wayside ground. If you keep feeding, watering the seed, he can never make you doubt it. If you walk around meditating in the word day and night, you're, you're, you're literally, you're watering the seed. You're hearing it constantly. You'll never doubt it. Because you're constantly going to be going, no, it's written. It's written. It's written. And Satan has no power to make you doubt it. So then, but, but in order to do that, see, in order to hear the word constantly, you're going to have to change the channel right? We have this channel. It's called our flesh. And what it wants to watch is let me watch. It's, you know, I think they have a, what is that called? The station that we always say sucks because it sucks you in, right? Life, what, Hallmark, yeah. Yeah, this is flesh mark. So, so what it does, it makes you look at your circumstances. It makes you look at what you're facing. This channel will make it, it's a whole movie on your symptoms. You're going to have to change the channel. That's all you have to do is change the channel. Isn't that good news? You just change the channel. No, no, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop looking at this and I'm going to start looking at the Jesus channel. The word of God channel and it'll change everything. So then we have stony ground, verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they've heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. So this word we said, root, the word root means no moisture in themselves. This person has stopped watering the soil through teaching, through hearing the word of God, right? So this is why you have no moisture, because you just stopped watering the word see tonight you're hearing the word we're watering right now we're watering it but when you leave here you need to continue to water it because if you ever get to where you have no moisture in yourself 
What will happen is you'll endure, but for a time, but afterwards, when the two twins show up, affliction and persecution, not if they show up. Listen, you're hearing the word tonight. Affliction and persecution, you know, it's, it's going to come. They're going to come, the evil twins that have absolutely no power. But when it comes, they come not for you. They're coming for the word's sake. It says, but afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they're offended. That means they're entrapped, they're tripped up, and they're caught. it causes them to distrust the word of God. Affliction and persecution. Satan brings it. Why? So that you'll get offended by the word and you will not trust the word. That's all he cares. Because if he could separate you from your faith, you're done. You can't receive anything from God. How do you keep? Do you want to never be offended by anyone or anything again? Keep watering the seed of the word. And if you keep watering the seed of the word, you'll never come to church and think you know what that pastor should be doing or what this person in the church should be doing or what this head of ministry should be doing. You will see when you keep watering the word, you'll be laser focused on him and on what you're doing. And I'm telling you, see, have you ever noticed Satan always wants you to... Um, he always wants you fighting a battle that you can't win. He always wants you focused on something that there's no way you could change it. Instead of focused on the word of God, which changes everything. This is huge. So this thorny ground, basically, here it is. The desire, or the stony ground, here it is. If I keep watering the seed, I'll never be offended now. So all the affliction and persecution that you're going to have in life. Now remember, we're not talking sickness and disease or anything like that. We're talking affliction or persecution which arises for the word's sake. To keep yourself from being offended, just keep watering that seed. Now we have thorny ground. Verse 18. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. But then, when they hear the word, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches... It says the lust, or really it's the desire for other things. Look at this. Entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So now we're finding thorny ground. Satan is not doing anything. He doesn't have to. All you got to do is start looking at the cares of this world. Right? Sometimes it might be your children. Could be your finances, it could be your job, your marriage, it could be a whole bunch of things. The deceitfulness of riches. What do you mean? See, that doesn't just mean I want to be rich. For a lot of people, it means I just, it would be heaven if I could just get to the point where all my bills are paid. I'm just going, I'm I'm working my butt off, but I'm just, I, there's just not enough money. See, you start chasing it. I got to work harder. I got to do this. I can't be in church. I can't sit under the word. I can't serve God because I just got to work all the time. And I'm tired. The deceitfulness of riches and the lust or the desire. Here's the big one. The desire for other things. I just, pastor, I just don't want to serve God. I, I don't, well, you feel like looking at the person going, well, of course you don't want to. You don't know him yet. But oh, if you'll just start feeding on him, just start reading the Bible. Yeah, but I don't understand it. Who cares? Of course you don't. Because it's not an intellectual book that you learn. It's a book that as you keep, as you just keep it before and you just go, okay, I'm not understanding any of this, but you said to put it first, so I'm putting it first. So that means it's first. I'm reading this stuff. What'd you read today? I have no idea. I was in the book of James, and he was talking about some kind of superfluity of naughtiness stuff. I have no idea what he was talking about. Then three months later, you're walking around, and it's like God is talking to you about everything. Everything. God, God's talking to me. Well, what does that mean? I have no idea, but he's just talking to me all the time. And he's just, you know, you start crying like me. You know, you're like, oh, Jesus just loves me. Yeah, you've been feeding on him. 
He's irresistible. This is real. And this is for everyone. This is for everyone. It's time, it's time for all of us to wake up and just walk in who we are. Fearless. Supernaturally. Miraculously. And we're not about ourselves. That's what it's all about. Verse 20, good ground. So there's four types of soil and only one of them produces anything. So we want to be good ground. These are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. That means they take it up and they continue in it. I just continue looking at it. And and revelation just starts coming. They will bring forth fruit. Well, the word that's in them will bring forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100. So then he says in verse 24, he said, he said unto them, take heed what you hear. You could also translate this, take heed who you hear. Be very careful who you're hearing. If you want to grow spiritually, look at your life and ask the Holy Spirit, okay, I want to do this thing. What things do I need to shut off in my life? There might be some people very close to you that you might have to take a break from. But don't worry about it. Just follow the, he, the leading of the Holy Spirit. And you don't go to them and say, hey, I can't be around you because, man, wow. No, you don't do that. The Holy Spirit will help you to where you can walk in love so that you're not hearing it, but that door is still open because you're probably going to end up giving them some of your fruit and they're going to get free. But not right now. I'm not, I'm not strong enough right now. Be careful who you hear and what you hear. Why? I'm so glad you asked because it says with what measure you measure. That word meat means measure. So with what measure you measure, it will be measured unto you. And to you that here will more be given. Isn't that good news? If you choose to hear the word of God, you know what your future is. More will be given to you. What is that? More revelation. But then it says here, for he that has, has what? Has ears to hear. To him shall be given. But he that has not, has not what? Ears to hear. He that has not ears to hear, from him shall be taken even that which he has. So see, you never stay the same. I remember as a kid, we would go up and visit my grandparents in Chicago. Now, so in the summer, I played basketball all year round, but in the summer, literally, I would go through a pair of basketball shoes every month. I'd wear a hole in them every month because I was on courts playing full court basketball. I was working out during the day. I would wear out a basketball in the summer, right? My coach would give them to me. And so I played so much basketball. I'd go visit my friends in Chicago and, and, you know, the kids I grew up with, and none of them were athletes. Some of them were swimmers. That was, that was best, but athletically, you know, in the city of Chicago, they have different lights. When you live in the city, it's a lot brighter. And uh, I remember one day, you know, my friend Darren Wozniak, big, big Polish guy, man. I mean, just you don't want to mess with him. And, and he was talking about a game they would play. You know, he's like an eighth grader. And he goes, yeah, we take a baseball. And you throw it up and it disappears after it goes above the lights. And then you see it when it comes back down and you catch it. He goes, here, I'll show you. So, you know, great swimmer, but no athletic ability. So he throws this ball up in the air and he's like this. And it hits him right in the, fore, right in the forehead. You know, so I'm cracking up, you know. And it's it just no athletic ability at all. But I'd go up there and I'd spend like three days three to four days with these guys and I wouldn't touch a basketball, I would go back and I would pick up a basketball and it was like, it felt weird to me. It was like dribbling it. It felt like I was trying, like I was dribbling a, a, a football. I just, it was just weird and I, my shot was weird. It, it would take me two or three days to where it would all feel great again. But you know, today, I haven't shot a basketball in a long time haven't played basketball in a long time, you know if I got a ball, it wouldn't feel weird in my hands. 
you know, and I mean, I, I don't think I would shoot very good, but it would fe it'd feel really normal. Why? Because I'm so dull, everything feels normal. It's exactly the way it is spiritually. You stop meditating in the Word today, and you're not going to just stay where you are. You're going to start going backwards. But thank God, there's also spiritual muscle memory when you come back. Man, it's amazing. When you come back, you don't just kind of gradually get better. It just You just go right back to that place. It's really amazing. So you make that choice. So he, this is a big thing. Then he said in verse 26, so is the kingdom of God. In other words, so this is how the kingdom works, as if a man should cast seed in the ground. The kingdom of God works as if a man cast seed in the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He knows not how. Do you ever notice when you're believing God for something, what does Satan always ask you? Well, how is this going to happen? He's always asking you how. But this clearly tells us we won't know how. I believe I receive. Father, your word says this. I believe I receive my healing based on the fact that you sent your word and healed me. Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. With his stripes I'm healed. I've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. Father, I believe I receive healing in Jesus' name. Have you ever just went, oh. most of the time, no, huh? And then you go day after day. And sometimes the symptoms get worse. Right? Affliction arises for the word's sake. Not, not for you. But oh, if you'll just go, you know what? I'm in the kingdom. And the kingdom is as if a man should cast seed in the ground. And, he, and I'm just going to sleep, and I'm going to rise, and when I go to sleep, I'm going to thank God that I have it. When I rise, I'm going to thank God that I have it. And Satan's going to sit on my shoulder, and he's going to say, but why isn't this working? How is, how is this going to, how, how can you even imagine this coming to pass? And I'll be like, it is written, it is written, this is how. Because God's going to do it. He's the God of the how. I just simply have to believe him. But the seed, the word of God, will spring up, and it will grow up, even though I don't know how. You don't have to know how it works. Isn't that good news? You plant, here's a big statement. Now we're on new ground. You plant the seed you hear in your heart. And then you water that seed with your mouth. You plant the seed that you hear in your heart and you water it with your mouth. You plant the seed that you hear in your heart, and you water it with your mouth. So what happens is I, I meditate on Galatians chapter 3. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And according to Deuteronomy 28, the curse of the law includes all sickness and all disease. So therefore... I have been redeemed from all the curse of sickness and disease. And, and, I'm, and I'm meditating in that. And the Holy Spirit's down on the inside of me. And he starts opening those words. And the light comes out of it. Now I'm getting revelation. I'm seeing it. So what do I do? I'm, when I see it, what I'm doing is I'm hearing it in my heart now. So then I keep saying it. So while... while I'm hearing it in my, inside of me. I'm saying it. So I'm constantly watering and caring. In other words, I'm good ground because now I've taken up the word and I'm continuing in it. I'm continuing to water it over and over. Father, I thank you. And, and, and a pain hits my body or, or the diagnosis gets worse. And I'm like, Father, I thank you. If, if, if I've went to the doctor and I'm taking medicine, I don't get into this silly game of, well, you know, if I'm in faith, why should I take medicine? No, no, faith doesn't come by taking medicine or not taking medicine. It comes by hearing the word. So take, when you take the pill, when you take the shot, Father, I thank you 
What does that have to do with one? Well, no, no. See, the Holy Spirit's job is to lead me into all the truth. So should I have a procedure or should I believe God? You should believe God and let him lead you. He might lead you to have the procedure. Right? Who cares? Whatever. Even if they cut you open and change some things, whatever, you still got to believe God for him to heal you. Right? And man, he'll speed that up. But, but I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not looking at that. I'm, I'm only looking at Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Father. I thank you that I've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. So see, I'm, I'm, I'm watering it. And see, what happens now is although there might be noise coming from the outside, now when we say outside, that outside might be your body because it might be hurting, but that's outside. You're not a body, you're in one. But that noise, that pain, that, it ha- that has no legal right in your body, if you'll believe and speak and water that word, the Bible says that what will happen is healing will grow and it will spring up and your body will start to amend and will change until there is no residual of that. I got to tell you guys, we are a word of faith church. What that means is we believe when we preach the word, faith is produced. But so many in word of faith churches don't believe what I just said. They want to. And they go to meetings and they hear Brother Copeland tell stories and they hear things. And they're like, wow, that's awesome. But, But what they're doing is they're hearing this. But when they leave, they don't keep hearing. Because if you hear Brother Copeland... What is he saying? He's saying the word. What does Keith Moore say? He says the word. What do these guys say? And, and, and am I going to listen to a, a minister that doesn't speak the word? Why should I? It's not going to produce anything. See, see, this is real what we're talking about tonight. You plant the seed that you hear in your heart and then you water that seed. This is exactly in Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 2. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Hebrews 4, 2. But the word preached did not profit them, look at that, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You have to mix faith with the word. And how you do that is you speak it. If you don't mix faith with it, it won't produce anything. A whole generation of the children of Israel who were given an inheritance by God never walked in it because they did not mix faith with what they heard. What they did is they mixed what they saw with their mouth. And they were afraid. Tonight... You're a born-again, spirit-filled believer. If you look at your circumstance and start talking about your circumstance, you, right now, what will start happening? What will be produced? Fear. Fear will be produced. Why? Because the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has made me free from this law of sin and death. But if I, if I mix what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling with, with my mouth, I start mixing it and I start saying things like, man, there, this is never getting better. It's not working. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so sick. I'm hurting. See, when you say I'm hurting, what that does is it gives this illegal attack against your body fuel. Satan has a legal right. Hey, they said. But if you'll stand up and you refuse, you're like, no. Pain, you got to leave my body. It is written. Matthew chapter 8, Jesus himself bore this pain so I don't have to. So you have to leave my life. What are you doing? You're planting and you're watering the seed. And as you keep doing that, That seed will spring up and that pain will have to leave your body. This is how everything works. Everything. Now I have a lot to get into. 
But if I get into the woman with the issue of blood, which we really need to break down and talk about, but you guys will come back next week, won't you? Good, good, good. Then I'll just finish up with this and then we'll be done. God's word will create and change things if you will give God's word first place and then mix faith with it by speaking it. God's word will create and change your body. It will create things and change your financial life. It will create things and pay off your house. It let, let the word of God do the work. Well, who is the word of God? It's Jesus. The same Jesus. See, who said light be? Was that the Father? No, that wasn't the Father. That was Jesus. The Father had the plan. But Jesus always carries out the plan. And then thank God for the Holy Spirit because he reveals the plan. So you got to mix faith with it. A mustard seed of faith mixed with God's word will move mountains, the word of God says. That's truth. Isn't that, I mean, I'm about ready to just come out of my skin. This is so exciting. Believe it. Guys, believe it. Keep feeding on it until you believe it. Because God will take you places that you've never dreamed possible. And you'll be able to help your brothers and sisters that maybe right now don't believe it. Listen, they're just not hearing it. Right? So know this tonight as we, as we close. God loves you. He has an incredible plan for your life. And the word of God will show it to you, show you how to walk it out, and, and see it's the word of God who is the one that's going to reveal it and help you walk it all out? The Holy Spirit will. He is your personal guide. He's the agent of divine revelation, and he always reveals Jesus. This isn't a doctrine. This is the foundational doctrine in the Word of God. I got to tell you, you can take God's Word and apply it to your life and it will change your situation to come in line with the Word of God. And it happens over time. It's like a seed. You know, we, we like to do this. We like to believe it's a two-step process. Seed time and harvest. But it's not a two-step process. It's seed, time, and harvest. But here's the cool thing. You can be completely full of joy and peace and strength and contentment where you're at on the way to where you're going. And that's what God has for you. Amen.